Well, hello there. Welcome on to the RT Soccer Podcast. Congratulations to Wexford Youths Women's Cup winners 3-1 against Shelburne at Tallaght Stadium. We'll be chatting to the Wexford Youths skipper, Kylie Murphy, good old friend of the podcast. And we'll also, of course, uh, touch on the national team's big clash with Slovakia on Thursday. They've also got a big game coming up against Georgia in their qualification campaign. Shamrock Rovers collected a 19th league title on Friday night as Derry took fourth in the league and maybe a spot in Europe. That is, of course, if Pats win the cup. Bows, they need to win the decider to make it to Europe. It's the playoff for Watford. They'll take on UCD on Friday night for a place in the Premier Division. We'll be looking ahead to the FEI Cup final. Pats against Bows on Sunday. And it's the end of the line at Manchester United for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So lots and lots to chat about on this week's edition of the RT Soccer Podcast. James O'Toole is with us, also joined by Mark Rossiter and by Gary Rogers. First of all, James, Derry finishing in fourth. Could be Europe. Could be Europe if it falls nicely. Yeah, it could be Europe. And I know we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago from the start of the season that we had. Um, that's quite an achievement by Rory Higgins coming in um, to replace Declan and getting the team behind him. And then it going to the very, very last night against Dundalk. And there's some, there was one particular tackle on Thursday or Friday night that basically sealed that fourth place that, as Pat Hoban was about to pull the trigger. It's a great tackle. But yeah, great, great result for Derry. Now it's just up to St. Pat's to do us a favour next Sunday. Yeah, I think Sligo Rovers people were perhaps feeling the love coming from Derry on Friday night because they needed a, something of a favour. They needed uh, Sligo Rovers to get something against uh, Bohemians. And obviously Derry had to better what Bohemians managed to do. So all the love... All the love has now been transferred from Slugger Rovers to Pats. So there'll be thousands upon thousands of uh, Derry supporters following Pats, rooting for Pats in the cup final now. Yeah, the first cup final the Pats have been in that Derry will be rooting from because they usually play against each other in cup finals. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Should it, Adrian, you know, the Northwest mm-hmm. love is always there. <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> All right, lads, let's get uh, stuck into it. We'll review the season in due course. And interestingly enough, uh, Gary Rogers was on the podcast earlier in the season where we did our predictions. So we said at the time the predictions might come back to haunt you. And they do for all of us, really. Uh, More on that a little bit later on. Uh, But, Gary, you predicted Bohemians to win the Cup. So did I. James predicted uh, St. Pat's to win the Cup final. And... Mark, if you were if you had been on the podcast back in March, who would you who would you have predicted to win the cup? I would have probably said Dundon Dundalk, would but you? a couple of weeks ago before the semi final, I said Dundalk as well. So um, oh, okay, not great by me. Ah well, look at hey, it's all a bit of fun. But look at hey, the cup final coming up on Sunday, Gary. It's always a great occasion. You've been you know blessed and fortunate enough to play in several cup finals with Dundalk in recent years, and obviously with Sligo Rovers as well. So you know what the big day is like. And what what is it like for a player? walking out of the Aviva Stadium on Cup Final Day? Yeah, it's a very special day. I think it's not just the actual day of it, it's the whole week and the build-up to the Cup Final. And that's what kind of sets it apart. And that's why players want to play. And I think, you know, every player at every club will say at the start of the season, the one game they want to be in is the Cup Final. And it's, it is the whole build-up to it. Like, you know, you'll have media days and that at the club. And everyone is kind of expecting, you know, a great atmosphere to cup final and this year obviously they'll, they'll be close to a full house hopefully and I think um, you know it's a very special occasion and it's it's one like you'll have players and families and friends that will go to games that may may not have gone to games all year long but it's the one occasion where you know you'll be you'll be looking for extra tickets for matches and it's uh, look it's a terrific it's a terrific occasion and if you can come out on the right side of the the result it makes it even better. 
Uh, and were you the type, would you have been nervous the week of the cup final or of, of the several cup finals or did it get easier with each passing cup final that you've led in? Um, no, I was never one for nerves really. I think, to be honest with you, at my stage in my career, I was more embracing it and enjoying it because I always treated a cup final as if it was my last because um, you just never know. And obviously last year was my last one, but it, it was kind of the sort of occasion. You've got, to, you've got to cherish it and you've got to kind of enjoy it and not, not be fearful of it and go out and embrace it and try and uh, obviously play as well as you can because, you know, they're, they're brilliant occasions. And like, I really loved the FAI Cup. It was one of me, obviously, you know, it was great playing in Europe, but the FAI Cup final is, is, is a terrific day. And it's, you know, it's one of the... I suppose the memories that you hold dearest when you when you do kind of call it a day, but it's um, it's brilliant. I'm really looking forward to the final this year. It's very very evenly balanced. Yeah, Gary, speaking about cup finals, Gary, I remember a couple of years ago. Was it was it an assignment was due in for your business degree in the day before the cup final? It was 2016 actually. For the I'd come back from St Petersburg and I was remember I was doing assignments over there, but in the end I I had a, I had a broken hand. I had to go for an operation after the cup final. So I ended up missing it and getting the, getting an extension anyway for obvious reasons, you know. But yeah, I was around that time. I was flat out doing my uh, my assignments and flying all over the place playing football. Mm-hmm. It was it was mayhem at the time. Fair play, fair play. But you got there in the end. Uh, Mark, how much are you looking forward to this cup final because it is the showpiece of the year for the domestic game. Two clubs who've never met in a cup final meeting in the cup decider, Pats and Bohemians. It, it promised to be a great day, and and the color and the crowd. Let's hope it's a big, big crowd and certainly, hopefully in the next few days, there's a big push in terms of marketing the game. But are you looking forward to the big occasion? Yeah, absolutely. And this particular season, two of the best footballing teams um, want to score goals, press, you know, um, good good players on both teams. Uh, a lot of young fellas on, on, on show as well. So it'll be interesting, definitely. Yeah, what are you expecting, uh, Gary? In terms of both managers, Keith Long and obviously Stephen O'Donnell, and you know Stephen from your days, obviously soldiering together with Dundalk. Let's let's start maybe with Pats. Are there big calls that he has to make, or do you think he pretty much knows his starting eleven? Yeah, I think I think he he probably like Stephen has kind of tested the water over the last few weeks in terms of players and given everyone minutes, and he he's very shrewd like that. He would have given everybody game time over the last couple of couple of weeks because he's been able to do that, and make sure that everyone is sharp going into it. Obviously, look, it comes down to he'll generally know his team. I would imagine, with with the exception of maybe one or two calls in in certain positions, and it's always tight going into cup final. He he'd be really happy to have Robbie Benson back into into the team over the last month or so, and he's going to be important. So I do see him. Um, him playing and you know his experience will be vital in, in that side but Pats are in good form like the young players like Dara Burns have been flying like he's been really really impressive and um, it, it'll be tight calls all over the place for a cup final spot but um, I think Stephen will, will have pretty much his team nailed down Yeah Do you see Robbie Benson starting? I would think so um, I just look you, when you have a player his experience and you know he's been in that, that occasion before and you have got a young squad of players who maybe haven't um, the same sort of level of experience in the FAI Cup final and big games like that. I think, you know, obviously your Forrest are there as well. So, look, th- there is experience, but there's a lot of young players who will be playing the Cup finals, obviously, for the first time as well. So, it'll. I think he, I think Robbie would be one of those that uh, he'd be penciling in for a starting spot. OK, well, let's get the view from St. Pat's. Alan Matthews, of course, is their manager. Stevie O'Donnell, the head coach. But let's hear from Alan. He was speaking after Friday's scoreless draw in Watford. 
We have a full squad, um, thankfully with the exception of John Mountney. James O'Banco, King Corbley, Veet all came back from international duty, played tonight, great. Um, Robbie again, it's another 90 minutes into his legs. We changed the team around for the last couple of weeks um, to give guys opportunity. So it's been very, very satisfying from that point of view that we've been able to maintain our performance levels. Results have been quite good. And we finished the season second. We've been able to give players minutes into their legs and everything is now set and focused for next Sunday week. Yeah, and that's the most important thing, isn't it? Is that uh, having already qualified for Europe, you can actually give your FAI Cup team maybe a bit of a rest after a hard season, whatever, and have a look at some of the new fellas coming through, perhaps. Yeah, again, um, it's opportunity for guys. We've had a couple of pairs out in the last couple of weeks through illness and injury. And guys have come in and stepped in who may, maybe haven't got the game time that they feel like they should have or could have, you know. We've a small squad, so we've got to be able to rely on the same people um, week in, week out. And whilst it's only 11 starting, we've a hardcore 16, 17 fellas who've been brilliant for us all season. In, the, and in addition to the younger lads that have come in and boosted the squad throughout. So everybody wants to play, only 11 can play, and then we've got our subs to come in and, and, and make a contribution. So it's very much a team effort here, it's a squad effort, and um, there will be disappointments in the doubt for guys who don't start, but I think that will be very much um, parked because we now have a, a very serious chance to end the season on a real high and get some silverware. You're an FAI Cup winner yourself as well, so you know what this week is going to be like, don't you? Yeah, a lot of the preparation. Um, off the pitch has already been done and dusted and taken care of. The players are just focused now on the game. We just focus on the match. It's a great occasion for people not involved in the team. Parents, families, friends. Um, it's going to be a big crowd at the match. That's for everybody else to enjoy. We will ensure that the players are focused and you know, physically, mentally ready for this task. Bows are a very, very good side. We'd have very, very close games with them. But we want to go and make sure that we produce that we play to our potential and that we hopefully get the right result. If we do that, the result will look after itself. Sure. But what we want to make sure is that all we're focusing on this week, which will be, is the game ahead. Alan Matthews speaking to John Kenny of the RSC on Friday night. Mark, uh, the interesting thing, well, one of the many interesting things about the Cup final, but Pats, in terms of goal scorers and firepower, it's quite spread out or spread across the pitch, really. You have Matty Smith, who's obviously weighed in in the league with 11 goals. Chris Forrester, 8, which is very good, generally from an, as an attacking midfielder. Ronan Coughlin scored 7 in the league. Dara Burns has chipped in with a fair few as well. So one of the plus points for Pats going into the final is that they can get goals from all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Billy King as well. You know, the, they've, they've got players everywhere that can cause you problems. Even from set pieces with Paddy Barrett and Desmond. Um, they're very well rounded high intensity and they're going in to the final with I suppose that weight off their back that they've qualified for Europe for next year whereas Bowles need to win to qualify um, so that may play a part um, but yeah it's, it's, it's going to be very good And Gary how important is it say on the flip side for Bohemians they've played over the course of the summer so many times at the Aviva Stadium but playing at the Aviva in front of an Aviva crowd and very big crowds at that in Europe that experience that'll surely stand to Bohemians won't it? Yeah I think you know for Bohemians this year they probably played their best football in the Aviva Stadium I think you know them games that they played you know they were hugely successful for them in terms of results and beating Pelk up there was at that game and they were terrific and I think you know they really enjoyed that occasion, and their players really enjoyed playing on the big stage and in, in in the best pitch in the country. So I think it is a big bonus. And obviously, Georgie Kelly coming back to fitness as well, you know, gives Keith Long um, 
a headache in terms of because Amanchero did has done really well over the last few weeks, but but Georgie has been the talisman this season, giving him 10, 15 minutes at the weekend and getting a goal. Um, certainly he's putting his hand up to, to play in a cup final as well. So it, it, it's very uh, uh, very well poised, I suppose, for in terms of a cup final between you know the two teams because it's you know it really really is a 50-50 and it's a difficult one to call because there's there's certainly pluses and minuses for both for both sides. Mark, cup finals are usually a cagey affair, but as I said, George Kelly's 21 goals, and I think the highest scorer for Pats is Maddie Smith. So, what do we expect? Do we expect it to be cagey, or is there going to be a load of goals in this one? Yeah, you'd love as a neutral to go that there'll be goals everywhere. Um, look at Georgie was at Pats under Stevie, so Stevie will know what he's about, albeit that he's having an outrageous season. Um, so look, it'll be interesting. They'll know what he's about. Um, I'd, I'd be more focused on Bowles trying to deal with the front three from Pat. Dara Burns has been unbelievable. Um, so I, I don't expect KG. I expect gung-ho from both. And, and hopefully we get to see a spectacle. What do you reckon, Gary? Yeah, I, I, it does kind of look like there will be goals in it. I watched the game recently, the league game, and it was a 2-2 uh Draw and it was like Pats were two 0 up and cruising and and Bowes brought on Devoy and and these guys and they came back into the game and, and put the pressure on and got a two all uh, result so it'll you know the, in fairness Bohemians haven't been keeping a lot of clean sheets this year I think they've kept eight clean sheets in, in the league and they're, they're, they've conceded a lot of goals and that's probably where their their problem has been because they've been spectacular going forward in terms of goals so and like Mark says there like you know. Pat's front three, there's goals all over the team. I know there's not kind of a talisman like like uh, Georgie Kelly who's scoring 20-odd goals, but there is goals all over the team. So I would expect it to be goals in this final. Hopefully it won't go to extra time and we'll have a really good 90 minutes. James, it's always a great occasion, isn't it? I mean, you, you tipped Pat's to win the Cup back in March. I guess you're going to stick with them, but what a day. And for people who don't generally go to the Cup final, they really should, shouldn't they? Because of the atmosphere, you know, no matter who's in the Cup final, it's always a special day. Yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think the fact that um, when you get your home and away team and you know what end you're going to be in and the Aviva creates a good atmosphere with the design of the stadium. Looking today, actually, looking on Ticketmaster there today, there's very few sections that are still available for tickets to be sold across the entire stadium. So it looks like we're going to have an absolute bumper crowd. I think if, if you're a football club and you want to see top quality football, I know they released um, tickets for clubs during the week for kids and, and managers to go along as an entire club. Um, kids tickets for five, five euro. It's just, it's encouraging to get them out there. The pricing seems to be where it is. It looks like the crowd is going to be an absolute, probably the best crowd we've had for a cup final. And the fact that it's two Dublin teams as well creates a bit of atmosphere. North side team, south side team. There's, there's everything in there. There's all the ingredients to make this an absolutely yeah. wonderful day. It's just now if both teams can mix it together and serve it up next Sunday. And if they do, it'll be cracking. And are you happy to stick with your March prediction of Pats for the Cup? Yes, I am. Of course, I'm going to stick with it. I can't back out on it now. But, uh, yeah. And it'll mean yeah. that we might have to get the passports ready for next, year, next <laughs> summer. So, <laughs> yeah. And Gary... Obviously, as we mentioned, back in March you went for bowls, so you're not going to change horses now. Yeah, right, no, I think it's best to just it's, no. It's best to stick with the horse that you've picked. I think. Look, I do really think it's a tight one to call, and um, yeah. but I'd stick with Bohemians. Um, you know, I think that 
like you said earlier on, that uh, experience of playing there this year and playing well, you know, it's often good memories for guys going into games, knowing that they've they've been here already this year and played really well and beat a top side. So I think they'll be confident going in going into the game, and um, I'll stick with Bowes. Mark, the Rossiter verdict. <laughs> I think, considering the amount of big games that they've played in the Viva this year, I think Bowes might just pip them. All right. Okay. We'll see. It's going to be fascinating, no doubt about it. And obviously, we'll reflect on the cup final in next week's podcast. Obviously, the game is live on RT2 television and also on Sunday Sport on RTE Radio 1. Now, let's go back to the weekend action in the Premier Division. Two second half goals from Graham Burke gave Shamrock Rovers a 2 1 victory over Drogheda United at Tallis Stadium. Mark Doyle had given Drogheda the lead from the penalty spot, his 13th of the season. So, Shamrock Rovers end the season with a 19th Premier Division title. Uh, great scenes of celebration on Friday night. So, a proud night for Shamrock Rovers, everybody involved, and of course, their manager, Stephen Bradley. Proud of the group. This is what you work for all year, every day, every week, and, and they've stepped up. At times it's been difficult, uh, but they've got through it, and, and we've found a way uh, each week to get points on the board, and, and that's what champions do, and, and uh, the group deserve tremendous credit. What about the style in which you've done it, Stephen? Is that pleasing? 16 points, you're a mile ahead of everyone else. Yeah, it is pleasing because, uh, again, the players haven't taken the foot off. Um, and they've been really professional in how they've approached every game and every week, and, and that's what you'd expect um, from a team that's going to win the league. And uh, yeah, I'm delighted with how we've how we've won it and how we played throughout the year because it, it throws up different challenges um, every week, and, and the players have responded to them. You strike me as someone that's always looking to the future. I hope you do enjoy this one. But what about the announcement this morning that Jack was coming back to to Tallis Stadium on the day that the season was ending up? Was that a statement? Look, that's not for me to say, but it's just important that we keep looking to get better and better. Um, they're a really good group. They have been for quite some time, but we can't rest. As soon as you rest, someone will come and, and uh, take us on very, very quickly. Uh, we've got to keep looking to the future. How can we improve? Me, staff, players, club, how can we improve in every aspect? And, and Jack gives us an opportunity to improve. That's uh, Stephen Bradley. Finn Harps safe after a resounding win over Longford Town. Five goals to nil at a packed Finn Park. Waterford facing into a playoff now with UCD at Richmond Park on Friday. As we mentioned a little earlier, Waterford drew nil-nil with St Pat's. Here's the Waterford boss, Mark Bircham. Even if we won last week at Longford, which we should have, it would have been very difficult to get a win tonight when we were bare bones and even a couple of the players that were playing, they were playing at 75% fit. So once we knew the, the score in the other game, we had to really look after Eddie's knee that he took a whack on it again, so it was more important that he's fit for next week than finishing the game. But credit to the lads, they could have, we could have won that game at the end with a couple of chances. And they know, like the fans really appreciate, they know that we will keep going to the end. We've got 42 points. When I come in, we had six points. That's a magnificent points total to get. In other, in other years, that had been good enough to get in Europe. And now, now we're in the, in the relegation playoff. But... That we played UCD in the cup, we made four or five changes there when we played them, so we know what they're about, and we can we can go into next week really confident and, and treat it like a cup final. Hopefully, knowing our luck, COVID will probably strike and it'll be played behind closed doors. That's the way our season's gone. But if it don't, hopefully we can take a large following up there and make it like a home game. Yeah, and it was great following here tonight as well. But did you, with Longford obviously being relegated, playing a Finn Harps team that have been on a decent roll themselves, were you looking beyond tonight's game? Yeah, I was. Just last week we had 
we had three or four really good chances of a really, really weak penalty. I'm not going to say the lad dive, but I'll say it's a really, really weak penalty against us. And that was the only chance they really had. And I thought the height and power of Finn Harps have, they could have really troubled them. I did say I think they'd win four nil. I was way off. I think they won five, didn't they? In the end. Mm, so yeah, I thought if they, I thought if they did get a goal, I thought I said I thought it'd be a four nil. So look, we we got a playoff game. We'd have bit your hand off for a playoff game when we when I first come in here. But it's, as I said, credit to the lads to get forty two points in the, this season. And with such a small squad, we've worked with something like fifteen players. I think it is and. We missed out a couple in the window in July, which if we did get bring them in, it would have made a, a, a big difference. But look, win the playoff final, we really look forward to it and we, we treat it like a cup final. There you go. That's uh, Mark Bertram. Goals either side of half time from Kieran Harkin and Jamie McGonagall. Helped Derry City come from behind to beat Dundalk 2-1 at Oriel Park. So Derry finished the league season in fourth position. Here's their boss, Rory Higgins. It's been an outstanding point return. Um, considering how, how the season started and, and the players um, any time there's questions asked of them they've answered them emphatically and listen we're still we still need a favour from my buddy uh, and, and his team but we've given ourselves an opportunity and, and uh, to be even having this conversation seems a bit seems a bit mad but the players the players never surprised me and um, and I looked at this fixture about I'm not going to lie I looked at this fixture about three four weeks ago and I thought it's the last place I want to go to. The, like a, this is a really difficult venue, regardless um, of their league position. They've still got some of the best players in Ireland. They can hurt you in any given moment. And I was I, I was worried about this fixture, but the players deserve huge, huge credit. And, and I'm so proud of everyone involved: the players, the staff, everybody. The supporters made brilliant noise here tonight. Great away following, and hopefully they've sent them home happy. And were you following the match at the showgrounds? Uh, throughout the night and obviously you were left hanging on a wee bit there at the end Aye well I knew at half time the players never told the players we knew at half time and we were getting regular info but again listen we need a favour from some Pats and and, uh, aye listen if if we can (laughs) if we can manage to secure European football what an achievement that would be Does it have any bearing on what can happen at the club over the close season whether you qualify for Europe or not? No no bearing And just a final question for me: Are you going to the cup final on Sunday week? With no, I'm going. To, I'm not. I'm going to uh, Celtic and Aberdeen a day away with my friends, and I'm going to enjoy it. Right. But but I'll have my phone close at hand, and and uh, I'll be I'll be watching out. But I don't want to be there because I I don't want people see me jumping up and down or or my head in my hand. So I want to get away and and uh, I want to go and enjoy a, a day with my friends and and, and have a few beers. Yeah, well, why not? You wouldn't want to be seen at the Viva celebrating any time Pats hit the back of the net on Sunday. Sligo Rovers and Bohemians drew one all at the showgrounds. Johnny Kenny uh, capping a terrific season, giving Sligo Rovers the lead. Georgie Kelly, what a season he had, as James mentioned earlier, 21 Premier Division goals this season. He finishes with the Golden Boot 1-1. That result means that Bowles finish in fifth spot. They must now win the Cup Final if they're to make European football next year. UCD booked their place in the playoff against Waterford with a 2-0 win over Bray Wanders in the final at Dalyman Park on Friday night. So they must now take on Waterford at Richmond Park this coming Friday night. Colm Whelan and Paul Doyle with the goals. Jonathan Higgins has this report. The Division 1 playoff final between UCD and Bray was a widely anticipated encounter, with both managers looking forward to the occasion. We're at that stage now, it's time to get down to business, and um, I think we're an hour and a half, or there's, there's how we kick off, and all the players are looking forward to it, you know, I think there's a good atmosphere around, um, starting to build, and 
yeah, looking to, looking forward to getting going now and onto the pitch, and hopefully yeah, we have a good game of football. Hopefully, a good uh, good game of football, two good sides um, going at it. Yeah, know each other quite well over the season, so um, yeah, nice night for a game of football, um, and hopefully it'll be a good game. Both sides of fans were also eagerly looking forward to the game and gave their predictions. Can't wait! Absolutely buzzing for the match. Fairly even between the two of them all season, so hopefully now Bray get a heads up on this one. Confident? Um, yeah, I am confident. Yeah. We've got a good few goals against them this year, so hopefully we do it again. I am, yes, can't wait. Uh, and very simply, uh, call the outcome. Bray win. Um, I'm saying UCD 2-1 on extra time. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be pr- pretty tight. I'm, I expect UCD to win it, though. It was indeed a very tight encounter, with Gary Cronin's side badly missing their pass and my throw. Connor Clifford. Yeah, he, he definitely made the game better, like you know, because of his quality. It's evident to see he was a he, he was a Trojan against Galway in the two legs, and and unfortunately he missed the game for you know build up yellow cars. And that's another argument there, but that's that's the game, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think tonight's game would have been perfect for Luke Connor. The breakthrough eventually came on the 68th minute with a moment of magic from Colin Whelan. Afterwards, Whelan revealed the secret to that free kick. Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've been fouled for it, so it's just, it was nearly more sheer ag- anger I hit it with. I just, uh, I just put it down and just let rip, and I was delighted to see it hit the back of Whelan was also heavily involved in the UCD second goal, assisting Paul Doyle on the 86th minute. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great... Uh, I, was, I just seen Paul Doyle run in behind, and uh, I just found him, and he'd done the rest. Goal and assist on the, on the big night is uh, not, not bad going. Yeah, no, it's, it's lovely now. Uh, I'm buzzing it. 2-0 was the final score at Dalymount. With that wonderful wheel and free kick, the turning point of the game. That goal, and I think that goal, when it was obviously a smashing hit by Colin Whelan. Uh, whoever got the lead, you just felt was, was going to hold on to it. And, you know, if we, we still could have got the lead. We still could have, you know, if, if we had it, I think, you know, UCD might have dropped, might, might have dropped, but... Um, yeah, look, I've no complaints over the night overall. Unfortunately, it didn't go away. Afterwards, UCD manager Andy Myler was understandably delighted with his side's performance. Yeah, a great win, a really good performance from, from start to finish. Uh, a great intensity about our play. Uh, when the game was tight, uh, we were very solid. Um, and I don't think Lorcan had a, a real save to make all night, which is uh, really pleasing. So really, uh, really pleased with that. And then our little bit of quality that we have uh, told uh, in that last third. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we worked on it all week. We knew we'd have to be solid, um, but we, I suppose, the, the bit we, re- we reiterated uh, to the lads throughout the week was that quality that we had in the final tour that when we wanted to play, that we produced something, and we did produce something. So, um, you know, a really good free kick, real, of real quality, and then a great bit of play for the second goal, and probably could have had a third as well from some good play. So, um, just listen, these games are for winning. Um, it's not always about performance, but we got a really good performance and a really good result. Andy was also particularly pleased with the way his side roll up their sleeves and look forward to next weekend's game against Waterford. When the sides last met in the Cup, it was a dramatic encounter. Yeah, and I think, you know, rolling up the sleeves, we've, we've concentrated on that over the last six or seven weeks or so. And we've, we've had been relatively very solid in, in games, haven't given away a lot of goals. Again tonight, clean sheet, which is, re- which is really good. And once, listen, once we get a clean sheet to build off, uh, we generally score a goal, so um, we're just delighted to get through to the next round, and uh, we'll take um, uh, we'll take the, the next week uh, as we need to prepare properly for Waterford and uh, see where that takes us. Waterford, a really, really good side, a really attacking side, and have lots of goals in them as well as the cup. As the cup, it was a cup tie that could have been, you know, seven six as opposed to three two. So um, 
we, we'll see what we'll see if there's any more um, if there's more at stake there probably is a little bit more at stake in this game if it's a bit tighter but we'll still go and play we'll, 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 tr we'll try and play a football like Waterford will I'm sure um, but we've just got to get our head down now prepare for that and make sure we're ready come next Friday All eyes now are on Richmond Park on Friday night when UCD and Waterford face battle for the last remaining Premier Division spot. That report as UCD progressed to that playoff with Waterford came from Jonathan Higgins. Gary, that playoff final, it's, it's an intriguing one, isn't it? UCD taking on Waterford at Richmond Park, neutral venue, of course, on Friday night. Hard to call, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it is a difficult one. And I think you need to go and look back at the, the Cup game this year where it was a 3-2 win to Waterford and they got a goal in injury time to secure the win. So um, both teams will really fancy their chances going into that. Um, UCD have obviously been in fine form playing really good football and you know, you've know you got Whelan and Kerrigan and these guys have been in the Ireland on the 21s and doing really, really well. So um, it, it is a difficult one to call. And I think, look, I don't know, I'm, I'd probably slightly sway with UCD just because they're coming into this game um, winning matches and, and Waterford have been struggling and... Like Mark Bertram said there, like he had a couple of injuries and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, it is a tough one, but I'd be just kind of favouring UCD slightly on it. OK. And in terms of the final positions in the 2021 season, Shamrock Rovers, top of the table, 78 points. St. Pat's in second place, Sligo Rovers third, Derry City fourth, Bohemians uh, following Derry City in fifth, Dundalk, Drogheda, Finharps, Waterford and Longford Town. Mark, you can sit back and relax here now for a minute because earlier in the campaign, back in March, both Gary and James made their predictions. Um, well, let's just say you, you didn't do too badly except both of you went for Dundalk. I'm going to sit here smugly and say how, you know, I went for Shamrock Rovers. No, 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 no. But anyway, you both went for Dundalk to win the league title. Gary, you had Shamrock Rovers finishing second as indeed did you, James. Um Bowes third for, for Gary and James had Pats in third position. But I guess when you when you look at actually Gary, you did very well with the with the bottom half of the table because you had Drada in seventh, Harps in eighth. It just slightly got them wrong in terms of ninth and tenth, because you had Longford to finish ninth and Watford to finish tenth. So that was that was a Fair decent enough. bit of crystal ball gazing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was way off in the top though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mention that. Uh, James, let's see. James had Dundalk, Chamber Grovers, Pats, Bohemians, uh, Slug Rovers in fifth, Derry to finish sixth, Waterford seventh, Harps eighth, and yeah, the bottom two, Drogheda in ninth, and Longford in tenth. How do you reflect on that now, James? Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. In fairness, what I will say at the start of this season, okay, Gary still had a near Dundalk camp. So he should have known how much of a farce it was. At least we didn't have you that. You couldn't you know expect I mean? me to plumb for Shamrock Rovers, surely, at the start of the season. You have to walk out into the dark restaurant. There's no way I could. I'll tip them up for next year, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will look at the most just important for the thing is we have an Adrian. Adrian, who did you pick for the cup? Oh, no, I, I went for Bowles. Yeah, I said that earlier. I went for Bowles. Oh, yeah. did you? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sticking with that? Well, I, I, to be honest, if you'd asked me before I listened back to the podcast, I would have said, I, I can't remember who I picked. So, And I wouldn't have thought it was Bowles, to be honest. But anyway, and just for the record, I went Shamrock Rovers to finish first, Bowles to finish second, Pats to finish third, Dundalk fourth, Slag Rovers fifth, Derry sixth, Harps seventh, Drogheda eighth, Waterford ninth and Longford Town uh, 10th but interestingly Gary uh, at the time because I was listening back to it you did fancy Drogheda now Drogheda finished 7th and you had them to finish 7th uh, a lot of people obviously thought they might struggle but they had a very good season didn't they when you when you weigh it up 
Yeah, no, Tim did a terrific job there. I kind of, look, I seen a good bit of draw in pre-season and I looked at the players that they had brought in, like they they had some really good young players who probably went under the radar because they were playing the first division last year, the likes of Brown and Kane and Doyle, like these guys all stepped up and had terrific seasons in the Premier Division. So, um, and then you look at the likes of Dane Massey and um, and Rona Murray that they brought in and obviously Killian Phillips was a real find for them this year, a young player came in and more or less played every game for them and Gary Deegan. So like they had they had a good blend of kind of youth and experience and look, Tim and Kevin really, really did a good job and they could score goals, which is often the trouble for teams coming up. And um, like I remember watching them against Dundalk in pre-season and they gave Dundalk a really good rattle and Dundalk were a little bit better in pre-season than they were during the season, to be fair. And uh, I just thought the signs were good on, on Drottlin that they would um, they would stay up and, and they, they've done that. And Mark, we've been talking about our predictions, but in, in fairness to, to everybody, we all expected Bowes and Dundalk to be challenging, so that skewed everything, the fact that they, they didn't challenge. And obviously, Bowes finished the season strongly during the Cup final. But in terms of predicting the league, one would have expected back in March both Dundalk and Bohemians to be up there in the top four or five. Absolutely, with Dundalk, with the, the quality of the squad and players that they have. Um, Bowes, it was just the start of the season. They, they were poor the first 10 games from a results point of view performances was good but they just conceded a lot of goals um, but Dundalk yeah I think everybody would have been miles off the mark as to where they finished you know uh, it was disappointing but it could have been worse you know when when they were being talked about being in relegation playoff battle I, I think that would have been a catastrophe so for them to rectify that a little bit um, that that's somewhat pleasing. And Gary, obviously over the last week or so, confirmation that new owners of Dundalk have come in. This will obviously, from a Dundalk fan's perspective, be welcome news to a large degree, pretty much, I would imagine, you know, broadly welcomed by Dundalk supporters. What do you make of, of, of the change of ownership? Yeah, no, I think it's it's been hugely positive. I think, um, look, I was up in Oriel on Friday night and there was a great atmosphere around the place and, and I think, you know, the new owners will galvanise that and there's certainly, you know, Dundalk is in their blood up there. So it's um, it's hugely positive on, on on that regard, but there's still a huge amount of work to be done there to kind of secure players and managers and stuff like that for next season. And, you know, the time frame around that is going to be short because, you know, they could be losing players in the next few weeks and you see there's some guys rumoured to be tar- departing already and you'll have the likes of Patching going to Derry City as well. And, as Michael Duffy and Patrick McElhenney. So, you know, it depends on how many players they can hold on to because there'll be interest in the likes of uh, Daniel Cleary and Domigan and these guys and obviously Patrick Huben. So it's it's uh, it's about steadying the ship, which the new owners will have done in terms of coming in and, and you know, making it a, a little bit more secure. And, um, you know, it's about building now for the future. And, you know, I think it'll be a kind of a two-year process with them in order just to steady that ship and become a little bit more secure and challenge for Europe next year with a view on, on pushing on and being league title contenders again in the following season. And Mark, the, the other big story of the, the last week or so, Jack Byrne, we obviously got confirmation on Friday that, that he's returning and returning to Shamrock Rovers. That's, that's big, big news, isn't it? Uh, it's unbelievable for the league in general. Anybody who's seen him play sees the quality, the way he dictates games. He's unbelievable talent. Um, didn't work out for him over in Cyprus, but look at he's a welcome addition to the league. He brings a profile with him. 
Um, he's in and out of the Ireland squads. So he, he's he's great for the league. I think, unfortunately, for every other team is that he's just made Shamrock Rovers stronger by him just being there. He's um, unbelievable. It's a headache for Stephen Bradley, fitting all these players into one squad, never mind 11, uh, starting 11. So um, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic with his midfield next year. But um, he's an unbelievable player. Yeah, and in your view, Mark, uh, this season obviously will will reflect next week on the season in its entirety. But has it been a good Premier Division campaign, or what are your thoughts on it? Ah, yeah, it's been brilliant. Like loads of good players on show, young players on show, um, high profile with the likes of Scales moving to Celtic, um, talking Mandrew, um, so players going across the water. You know, Johnny Kenny at 18, being the talisman for uh, for Sligo. John Mann there as well. So good local boys up, up there. Um, Derry being in problems. Rory probably in contention for manager this season. But then Ollie Horgan as well. So mm-hmm. it's been very enjoyable. Uh, Mark Bertram, the job that he done when he came in as Waterford manager. But uh, it's just unfortunate it was too little too late for him. But he has a, a chance next week to, to sort that out. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. Shamrock Rovers ran away with us, which we expected. But everywhere else, the race for Europe, playoff position, it's, it's been entertaining until the last game. In. Yeah, would you agree with all of that, Gary? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with some of it. I don't agree with it being a good year because it's just there's been no kind of title race, if you like, and it hasn't been competitive there. Like, I think, you know, from early, I think you could have called Sam Grovers from early, very early on in the season that they were going to win it. But, you know, I, I do agree that there's been some great young players have come through in the league and got great opportunities. Obviously, Johnny Kenny, as Mark says, but you look at Derry City, uh, Ronan Boyce has been brilliant. Like, Bowes, you've had Dawson Devoy, Ross Tierney. Uh, Jamie Mullins and Anna Pats, the likes of Dara Burns and James Abanqua have come in, come in and played and done really well. So it's been brilliant in terms of development uh, of young players and young players coming through the academy. In terms of a title race, it was kind of non-existent, um, really, because both Sligo and Pats, really from from mid-season on, really failed to kind of put a, a really good challenge on Shamrock Rovers and really test them. Um, so like I think for next year for improvements in terms of a title challenge, you know you you you'd hope that these teams will build on their squads and put up a a better a better showing in terms of a title race. Yeah, James, that was probably the issue, wasn't it? There was never really a title challenge sustained by either Pats or Sligo Rovers to give Shamrock Rovers something to worry about. No, and I think that that is the main issue. I I kind of agree with Gary. I think the only positive out this season was that a load of young players got to show us what they're capable of. I thought it was actually a pretty poor season, to tell you the truth. If you look at even challenging from Pats all the way down to Wardford, how close they are. Look at the amount of games teams lost. Like Pats finished second in the league, losing 10 games and only winning 18. Like that's like mm. half their games, they've either drawn or lost. Like Sligo, 11 games lost. Like, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It, it wasn't... I just think it wasn't that great a season. I hope next season we get a better season than this, a title challenge. And challenging is all over the place, not just at the title, but challenging teams and teams doing their best. And we'll see how Shells come into the league, see how well they do, see if they can stay up, see what Damien Duff and co. have planned for them. And hopefully that will give a little bit of an extra burst to it. But uh, again, title race is over very early. Shamrock Rovers, easy winners. And Gary Mark, just before we let you go... 
big story from across the water over the course of the weekend and perhaps the writing was on the wall for some time. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer leaving Manchester United 4-1 loss at Watford and that was really the final nail in the coffin. Mark, it's been coming for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But the players have to, to take credit for that, unfortunately. You know, he's he's left them in a better place than he found them. But, you know, to be honest, the players have to look at themselves and, you know, uh, to be honest, he's fallen, fallen because of them. Um, yeah, look at it. They're, they're demanding title challenges and the right to do so with the money that they spend. Um, but it just wasn't the man to do it or get the best out of them. But he's not the first manager that have done that. that uh, so um, be interesting to see who they appoint. It certainly will. Uh, Gary, your thoughts on the Solskjaer departure from Old Trafford? Yeah, look, it was inevitable. Um, I think Mark is kind of right in what he says about the players there as well. But also, look, when you look at managers, managers have to come in and lay down a marker. And I think, you know, the, the overriding feeling about Solskjaer is he was too soft and too nice. And if you're, if that's the case in the dressing room, like, players don't miss anything, you know, in the dressing room. And players talk. And if they can get away with anything, they will. And, and they have at Manchester United. There's no doubt about that. And... Uh, Look, he's been he's been I won't say too much of an easy touch. Like he, he obviously look he came in as an interim manager and he got a bounce out of them and obviously got the job full time, but like it hasn't really pushed on since then. And whoever the next appointment is is going to be hugely important because, you know, there, there's players there who've been getting away with murder if you like. And uh, you know, there's there's um, there's a massive job at hand and, and the next appointment is going to be crucial. Absolutely. All right, listen, lads, we leave it there. Many thanks for joining us on the line, Gary Rogers and Mark Rossler. So, no double for Shelburne in the Women's uh, Cup final. They were beaten 3-1 by Wexford Youths. Wexford winning the Cup for the fourth time. Lynn Marie Grant gave Wexford the lead. Kira Grant with the equalising goal for Shelburne before half-time. Kylie Murphy put Wexford back in front. Ella Malloy with a great ball, super finish from Kylie, and then a great strike from Edel Kennedy to ensure a 3-1 victory for Wexford Youths. And I give that little bugle sound there for Kylie Murphy because she's on the line. Congratulations, Kylie! Thanks, Henry, and thanks, Dominion. Well done, super stuff. I, I I was watching the pictures of you presenting your teammates with their medals. It, it was terrific, and you gave every one of them such a warm embrace. That that must have been lovely for you, both as captain, just to salute your your comrades. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, we set a goal at the start of the season, and to accomplish it together is just it's amazing. And I mean, each and every single one of them girls are just incredible, and they mean the world to me. And to be able to captain them and lead them out week in, week out is incredible. But to be able to do it in Tala last night was just something special. Talk to us about the goal because you met it first time. Super ball in from Ella Malloy, who was terrific, of course, in the match. Yeah, she was she was she was brilliant. And and you know what? Probably not one of her better games. I've seen her play a lot better than that, but she just never stopped. She ran and she harassed players and it's just, it's exactly what she is like. She's an incredible kid and, I mean, the future is so bright for her, but her little turn and, you know, the pass, everything, it was just, it was just unbelievable. And what was going through your mind as she delivered that cross for, for the goal that made it 2-1? Because you decided to take it first time, you just, you know, you just guided the ball goalwards. Was that just an instinctive thing or did you say, I'm not going to take this down and take a touch or two, I'm just going to, I'm just going to guide it past the goalkeeper? I know it all yeah, happens very I, I quickly. Back but... and I, I kind of thought that in the moment, I thought my run went too soon. The ball was a little bit behind me. 
but I just my first thought was just just get a touch on it, just get some sort of a connection. And um, I knew I, I wasn't going to be able to take a touch because I felt like it was a bit behind me. But even if I did, like, those Shells girls would have been on it straight away. So I was just honestly the relief when I seen it go into the goal. <laughs> Kylie, uh, James, Stephen said after the match yesterday about you, you were a bit upset about the first half and how you were playing in the first half. But you came out like a team possessed in the second. Like, your goal in yeah. particular is it's just quality. The amount of passes... And the amount of direct passes to open up space for you to actually have that amount of space was just brilliant. And then Adele's goal straight after it was just an absolute cracking goal for a cup final. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, it was a screamer of a goal. And I think her celebration was even better. But um, <laughs> Idai Kendi is, she's between the six for us last week. Like, that's the type of player she is, you know. And it's just, it's incredible. And I'm, I'm so delighted for her and I'm so delighted just for everybody. And it's just, it's it was such an amazing occasion and the amount of support and it was just unbelievable. And the match being played at Tallis Stadium as opposed to the Aviva Stadium, because you'd have played obviously in the Aviva before with Wexford. Did, did you enjoy the Tala experience as much? Oh, absolutely. It was incredible. Um, I mean, it goes without saying, the support was unreal. The atmosphere, obviously, it's it's a smaller stadium, so the atmosphere is a lot better, and a lot of credit to to Tala. Like the pitch was amazing; you you couldn't see anything wrong about it. It was it was incredible, and to for the women to have their own showcase and not just be a curtain raiser for the men is is another plus. Like it's it's really good. Like you know, and maybe one day when we keep getting the support and it keeps building, like it is for the women's national team and. It just, when it keeps growing, hopefully maybe one day we'll get back to the Aviva. Yeah, and we should also, of course, pay tribute as well, Kylie, to Stephen Quinn, the manager who, who took over when, when Tom Elms left to, to take up the, the role in the national setup. But for him to have led you to this triumph as well, he, he deserves a lot of credit, doesn't he? He deserves every bit of credit, what he's done with us since he's stepped in. And it's not an easy role to step into. And, you know, it was mid-season as well. It's just, it's it's a hard thing to do. And, to be fair to us as, as players and as a team, a club, we have very, very high standards. Do you know, and Stephen knows that as well and he knows what's expected of him. But my God, did he step up. And I mean, the way we played in the second half was the way he wanted us to play in the first half and the way we all did, it just didn't happen. But I mean, he, he got it right and an awful lot of credit has to go to him because he's an amazing person. And over the course of, of the year, over the course of 2021, 20, Kylie, obviously Shelburne and uh, Piemont were, were vying for the title. You were there on the fringes. When you look back, is there a particular reason why you didn't really push those two clubs? Yeah, we, we just slipped up in a couple of games, games that we really shouldn't have, you know, and it's unfortunate, but I mean... There's no point in dwelling on it now. I mean, I know as soon as we seen Shells lift the league trophy last last week, I mean, you could see it in people's eyes. Like, they're ready for next year already. We want to go and, and, and challenge for that because that, that trophy is what gives you Champions League soccer and that's, that's just an incredible thing to do and be a part of. But, I mean, that's all I can say. We had a couple of slips and unfortunately the Women's National League is so competitive. You just, you can't slip up too much. But you'll be ready for 2022. Oh, absolutely.
Yeah, uh, just a word on, on the profile of the women's game because obviously the 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 cup final was shown live on RT two television as has been the case for the last few years. But the women's national team in action against Slovakia on Thursday. They've got uh, Georgia next week on Tuesday of next week. Uh, those games have been shown live. The, the the qualifying games, all that is helping, isn't it, to to lift the profile of of the women's game in this country, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's come on leaps and bounds massively in the last couple of years, and an awful lot of credit has to go to the the girls on that women's national team because they stood up and they fought, and and things are changing, and it's just incredible. And here's hoping there's a huge crowd there now on Thursday and next Tuesday to support them all because they're an incredible bunch of girls and what they're doing and. The, the, the soccer they're playing and it's, it's just it's so exciting and you know everybody's wanting to get out and willing them to win so here's hoping now to do a job yeah and in a way in terms of qualification you kind of have to be looking at six points don't they against Slovakia and Georgia yeah I think so and I think they're capable of it as, as well like so fingers crossed they can go and do it Okay. Well, listen, enjoy the celebrations. I'm sure that they'll continue for a wee while in the sunny southeast. I know yeah. you're a Carlo lady, but uh, Wexford will be, it'll be hopping for the next wee while. So well done. Terrific, terrific occasion. Thanks very much, Laz. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, folks, that's all we have time for on this edition of the podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll be reflecting on the 2021 FAI Cup final. Will it be Pats? Will it be Bows? Live on RTE2 television. Also, of course, live on RTE Radio 1. Until the next edition of the RTE Soccer Podcast. From all of us involved in it, take care.